Welcome to a dialogue with Deacons. I'm Jeremy Lamb, partner and head of the investment funds and regulatory practice. This podcast will examine the new regulations to be imposed on Hong Kong fund managers to address climate change in their investment management and risk management processes, as well as disclosure obligations. I aim to address the following four issues. Firstly, to summarise some of the key themes arising from the recent SFC consultation conclusions on the management and disclosure of climate-related risks by fund managers. Second, to consider to whom the new regulations will apply. Thirdly, and if the regulations do apply to your organisation, what is the likely impact going to be? And finally, some action points and key takeaways for fund managers to consider. Firstly, in terms of setting the scene, I'd like to just make a few opening remarks concerning climate change. As most of you will be aware that there's been an increasing regulatory focus on ESG-related issues over the last few years and how it impacts the financial services industry. And a number of years ago, the International Organization of Securities Commissions issued a report on the perceived risks to the global financial and systems and securities markets. And they singled out and highlighted climate change as being the single biggest risk to the entire financial services sector, as well as the operation of the financial and securities markets. As a result of this, securities regulators have been focusing on climate change over the last few years. And the SFC is no exception. And in October 2020, the SFC issued consultation on the management and disclosure of climate-related risks for fund managers. The consultation conclusions were issued on the 20th of August 2021, and they introduced new provisions into the Fund Manager Code of Conduct, which will require fund managers to take climate-related risks into consideration in the investment and in risk management process, and to make appropriate disclosure to investors. Now, these new requirements cover four main areas, governance, investment management, risk management, and disclosure. And I'm going to come on to look at these in a minute. But first of all, I want to start by asking who needs to comply with these new regulations. Well, these new regulations apply to entities who are licensed by the SFC to engage in type 9 regulated activity, that's discretionary investment management, and who are managing collective investment schemes, and those schemes can be either retail or private. So a few points to note from this is that the regulations are only going to catch type line licensed managers who are involved in the discretionary management of funds. So if all you're doing is involved in managing discretionary mandates, then you're going to be out of scope. Another point to note is that where a fund manager delegates its investment management discretion to a group entity or third party will remain responsible for monitoring the delegate and for ensuring that the principles set out in these new regulations are followed. As regards to the disclosure requirements imposed by these new regulations, these will only be applicable to those fund managers who are responsible for the overall operation of the fund. And this concept of overall operation and control of the fund was introduced into the Fund Manager Code of Conduct a few years ago. And basically what it means is that you have to have not just the investment management responsibility, but also responsibility for, for example, appointment of the other service providers to the fund, monitoring the investment objectives and policies, and basically undertaking a, a, a management role in relation to the fund over and above pure discretionary investment management. So what are these new obligations? Well, these new obligations are called baseline requirements, and they deal with the following. So governance. So there's going to be a requirement for fund managers to set out clearly the role and responsibilities of the board and management level positions. 
and they're going to be responsible for implementing policies and procedures to comply with the amendments to the Fund Manager Code of Conduct in respect of climate change. From an investment management perspective, there's going to be a requirement to identify and incorporate climate-related risks for each of the, the manager's investment strategies that it engages. As regards risk management, there's, there's going to be a requirement to implement risk management procedures to identify, assess, manage and monitor climate-related risks for each of the manager's investment strategies. And as regards disclosures, managers are going to be responsible for the managers who are responsible for the overall operation of a fund are going to be required to make appropriate disclosures to investors in respect of the manager's governance and risk management roles and responsibilities, as well as their climate-related risks relevant to the investment strategies and risk management policies and procedures. There's also additional obligations that are going to be imposed on licensed managers who qualify as large fund managers, and that is those fund managers who manage collective investment schemes who are equal or in excess of 8 billion Hong Kong dollars. Now, originally, when the SFC issued their consultation paper on this, the threshold was 4 billion. And so the SFC, after feedback during the consultation process, agreed to increase that level. So those large managers who are responsible for managing collective investment schemes with a value equal or in excess of 8 billion are going to be subject to additional obligations to assess the relevance and utility of scenario analysis in measuring the resilience of their investment strategies against climate-related risks and where relevant to develop a plan to implement scenario analysis within a reasonable period of time. In addition, the large fund managers are going to be required to take reasonable steps to identify and calculate the portfolio's carbon footprint of Scope 1 and Scope 2 greenhouse gas emissions, which are associated with the relevant fund's underlying investments, where that data is available and can be sort of reasonably estimated. And such calculation is going to have to be done following a prescribed formula set out in the new regulations. Now, in terms of timing, the deadline for compliance is as follows. Large fund managers are going to have until the 20th of August 2022 to comply with the baseline requirements and until 20th of November 2022 to comply with the additional requirement applicable to large fund managers. As regards other fund managers, so that's anyone who other than a large fund manager, they're going to have to comply with the new requirements by 20th of November 2022. And the SFC in the interim is going to be holding industry briefings and to be giving further input to industry about these new regulations. So in terms of key takeaways, what do you need to be thinking about? Well, firstly, even though you may be a manager which is potentially in scope, you still have the possibility to carve yourself out because what you need to do is you need to assess whether climate-related risks are relevant and material to your investment strategies, which are being employed in relation to the funds under your discretionary management. And when you make this analysis, you need to adopt an approach which is both appropriate and proportionate to the particular circumstances and having regard to both qualitative or quantitative factors. And so when you make that determination, it's important that you keep internal records evidencing the basis of your determination. But if you determine that actually climate-related risks are not relevant to the strategies, and that remains the case, then you can carve yourself out. But you're going to have to keep records as to the, as to the basis of your decisions, and you're going to have to reevaluate that decision at least on an annual basis. You're also going to have to disclose 
what strategies you consider as being out of scope. The second key takeaway, particularly if you're part of an international organisation, is to ascertain to what extent you may be able to leverage off the equivalent baseline requirements currently adopted by your organisation from a global perspective, rather than having to start from scratch. But be aware, some customization may be required to comply with Hong Kong requirements. And if you're not part of an international organisation, this may well be a much bigger project for you in terms of drafting and implementing new policies and procedures from scratch to comply with the SFC requirements. And finally, planning. Don't leave this right to the end. There's a tw- over a 12-month lead-in timetable prior to, in- prior to implementation of these new regulations, but plan the project, set timetables and deliverables, and work with your legal advisors and service providers early on in the process. I hope you found this interesting. Please feel free to reach out on jeremy.lam at deacons.com. Thank you very much for joining me. 